0: This week's edition of FES is brought to you by the For Vuck's Sake message boards over at ForVuckSake.com. Jump on to ForVuckSake.com to chat with hundreds of like-minded Vuck individuals, not just myself, Dave, and the man of the people, Buds, but hundreds of other Vuck fans. Intelligent conversation all the time, ForVuckSake.com. We're bringing something a little bit different to you at FES this week. The club were nice enough to let us in behind closed doors at Amy Park to have a chat to striker sensation Kenny Atheu. We hope it's the first of a few interviews that we get to do over the next few weeks in the lead into the season, a bit of an interview series. So we do thank the club for the access to Kenny and hopefully a few others over the next few weeks. So here's the chat with Kenny. We hope you enjoy it. After uh, we speak with Kenny, Buds joins us on the line to chat some new signings. So let's get into it. You're listening to For Fuck's Sake. welcome to a special edition of a V sake it's Jason here in the confines of Amy Park we're here um, in a corporate suite somewhere and uh, joining us today is uh, a cult figure King Kenny welcome to for Vuxake. sake thanks for coming on
1: thanks for having me
0: um, now I was doing a lot of research. Uh, last night kind of reading up about your story to to try and talk about this today and I was uh I was reading up about how you've you know, you've you've migrated from from Sudan you know um 13 or 14 years ago yeah. and you know played through the ranks through the state leagues in Springvale and then Heidelberg and I obviously came through to Melbourne Victory as well and winning a championship it seems like a, a crazy 18 months for you I keep thinking back to like it's kind of like a story mode of like a FIFA eighteen or n b a two k eighteen where you know you you play a trade in the uh in the state leagues for for months on or for years on end and then finally get noticed and and uh have this kind of huge uprising where you uh end up being a championship player how how's it feel how's the uh the last eighteen months feel for you yeah
1: you know it's been
0: um it's been an unreal journey um you know
1: uh, i think about eighteen months ago um I was waking up every day to go to work, um, live fridges. And today, um, I'm a full time footballer. Um, yeah. you know, something I've dreamt of since I was a kid. So um, I'm loving every moment of it so far.
0: Last year you um you came probably about a year ago you were signed, um, ran about this What's time about, of last year. I think yeah. Probably, roughly
1: around this time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What kind of condition did you come in um, for? For I guess your first foray into professional football, you just played. Obviously, I think uh, NPL uh, football and won a title with Heidelberg. Were you coming in fresh, or were you trying to learn the I guess the rigors or the demands of what it is to be a professional footballer? And what was that like?
1: Yeah. You know, um, when I came down, I came with an injury. Yeah. Initially, so had bruised foot, which um obviously when I first signed here uh was was not involved with anything for uh about a month yeah so I mean it was obviously good to meet the teammates at the start but it was tough because you know obviously I wasn't doing anything to help the team I was enjoying his training sessions you know I was just seeing them in the morning yeah and um obviously after that I started training and you know it was difficult as well you know um I think the training conditions in a professional environment are very different to a semi-professional environment. Um, So my body took time to adapt to that. Um, And also, you know, just the mental side of things, you know, becoming a professional, um, you know, with just being on time, doing all the right things for your body uh, to obviously change my lifestyle around a bit, you know, just to adapt to being a professional.
0: So what happens when you come into a professional setup? Like, do they give you a a kind of a plan of what you need to do in terms of fitness, nutrition? Does that does that change very much from a from an MPL setup? Because I I imagine there's you know still very close to professional in the way they go about things, but is it is it a whole step up when you go to to Melbourne Victory?
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, Especially coming to Melbourne Victory, you know, uh, arguably probably the biggest club in the country. Yeah. Um, You know, there's um. I was used to training twice a week. I came here, I was training um five, six times a week. Yeah. Um had to be here at a certain time. Um, had to make sure, you know, nutrition side of things, obviously. Um, the boss and the coaches are not that strict on yeah. on it, but you know, you you know, that's a part where you have to be a professional and be like, Okay, I need to do this for my body, so I'm ready for this tomorrow yeah or later on you know so um you know it's a small stuff um but like i said you know um it was very hard coming in and just the hardest thing was probably you know just getting that mindset of like sleeping early eating right drinking plenty of water and taking care of the body
0: yeah, it sound, yeah. seemed like you had such a profound impact um, towards the end of the season. I kind of forgot that you've only actually appeared in six A-League matches, and, and I think you made a, a small cameo um, early on in the season for maybe 10 or 15 minutes, perhaps, or even shorter than that against yeah. Western Sydney, wasn't yeah,
1: it? Yeah, I made my debut against Western Sydney. Yeah.
0: Um, and then you kind of just vanished. I, I counted you... Um, you didn't feature on the pitch until about 15 weeks later, so it was almost four months until you um, until you surfaced. again. I think a lot of us were wondering where you actually vanished to, because you weren't really <laughs> appearing for the, for the youth team either. Yeah. What, what actually happened during those four months? Was it all about conditioning?
1: Yeah, so obviously, it was more the conditioning side, but, so when I ca- played against um, Western Sydney, yeah. it was um, during the international breaks, Yeah, and we had a few red cards, yeah. so we didn't have a full squad. Yeah, okay. So, um, yeah, the boss obviously put me on the bench. Um, I didn't think I was going to, obviously, get game, much game time, because... I was in. i was just healed my injuries healed um and i was trained for about a week so i was knowing um near fit yeah um and then on top of that during the game we got that red card yeah yeah um again if she saw my face in the cameras um <laughs> you know i was just like i was like okay this will be um probably not the best um you know, time to yeah. get your debut, you know, you're 10 and uh, you're not fit. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, but, you know, I ended up getting my debut Um, that game.
0: So so did you put pressure on yourself to perform despite the, I guess, the injury and the circumstances in which you were thrown onto the pitch? Did you put pressure on yourself or were you, I guess, realistic the whole way through that this is going to take time before you actually finish product at professional yeah, level? Exactly. So, yeah, exactly.
1: Um, the way Great. I like to think of myself i'm a realistic person Mm -hmm. um i know my body better than anyone um and i know how far i can push it so if i'm not ready i know i'm not ready and yeah i always know i'm gonna obviously improve learn um get stronger so i knew my chance would come Mm -hmm. and it was just a matter of when
0: now before you signed for victory almost a year ago the the reports were that you're pretty much a perth glory player what was that process like were you were you a Perth Glory player? Were you, what, what happened to to end up a victory player at like the eleventh hour? What happened there?
1: So I was not a Perth Glory okay. player. Um, I was still contracted to Heidelberg. Yeah. Um, so what happened was obviously um, I think Perth got in contact. Yeah. Um, and I think someone from Heidelberg went and told. Um, Someone that Perth were interested in me. Yeah. And then the next thing, the next day, I woke up in the morning and they said I signed up Perth. And this <laughs> is me opening my phone. Everyone, my phone's just going off. And I'm thinking, okay, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not. I didn't. I didn't bother replying to anyone because there was just too many people to reply to. Mm-hmm. So what happened was I just, um, obviously I was talking to both teams. Um, and then, um, the boss came up to me and um. Offered me, um, obviously, a contract till the end of the season. Um, I've grown up in Melbourne all my life. My family lives in, um, in Melbourne. Yeah. So, and, you know, I've been following victory since the A-League started. Mm-hmm. So, it was um, it was a tough decision because, obviously, I spoke with a lot of great guys down at Perth. Um, but for me, personally, I think it was best to... Stay out in Melbourne. Yeah, I think so for
0: sure. Yeah. Um, so you were uh, dominating the, the the VPL for a, a, quite a while, but you know, scoring goals for fun. But you're you're 26 now, mm. so obviously that's kind of late to enter a professional setup. Despite your form, did you did you think that it wasn't going to happen in, for you? Like it, it it took a long time before it actually eventuated, right?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, you know, I think. Um, When I was young, I would have preferred to be a professional when I was younger. Mm -hmm. And obviously, you know, I've always, you know, thought, you know, I'll make it eventually. But, yeah, the doubts do come across your head um, as you get older. But, you know, I had a phase when I was playing at Heidelberg where I was doing very well, um, scoring plenty of goals. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I was getting like a lot of um, media attention, Mm -hmm. which, you know... um, also I think it helps um, kind of promote you as a brand yeah and um, you know eventually it all worked out for me um, at 25 years old you know I mean it's late but better late than never
0: well you're not at your peak just yet I think 27, 28 is the peak so you've still got you've got some time you've uh, obviously yeah. just made it just in time I would have thought
1: exactly you know and the best thing I believe of myself you know I'll, I'm still learning every day yeah learning and getting better so um, yeah there's still more to come,
0: so you're playing for Springvale before Heidelberg is that right?
1: no, I was at box Hill box before. Hill, okay, yeah, so
0: was there when you were younger with were any kind of pathways you know representative pathways that you were a part of, or is it just simply a a bit of an overnight sensation where you're just having you know a good run of form over a sustained period of time and then you know people started noticing
1: yeah, you know it was more uh more that, but I think when I was younger um I was involved in this um Victorian soccer academies. Yeah. Um, so back then, they used to pick the best players, um, I guess, in each academy mm-hmm. to go represent the state team. And I think from the state team, that would have been an easier pathway. But for me back then, it was obviously a bit difficult to um, get around. So I missed out on a lot of those. Okay. Um, but, you know, I just worked in the local leagues. You know, I tried to... Um, each year you try to go to a better level. I mm-hmm. see so I kept I moved um, to about four or five teams to get to Heidelberg, which was, you know, the first division of Victoria. Yeah. And um yeah, you know, from there
0: got uh, came here. Yeah, it all took off. So yeah. now you're a you're a championship player and you've probably enjoyed a good off season uh, of celebrating. What's what's that like feeling, you know, coming from um, I suppose an MPL set up to, to being a championship? what was what was that I suppose, month-like of the final series when Victory had a bit of a mediocre season yep. um, and then, you know, came away with a, a grand final win and a championship. What was that experience like over that month of finals?
1: It was it was um, very good, actually. I think everyone was very calm um, mm-hmm. leading towards the finals, you know, and their yeah. changing was very positive because when the boys, um, you know... Even at that time when we looked back at every game that we lost. You know, there's no game where we could say we deserve to lose our game. Yeah. You know, we didn't win the games but we didn't play horrible. We played good enough to win the games. Yeah. So leading to the finals, we were confident
0: all the whole way um into winning it. So you um I think you were very prominent on Instagram during that time. Um I think that the most memorable video is um is you guys on Mad Monday. <laughs> doing this uh doing this chant and or this little yeah. song. Um there were a few interesting parts to that. Yeah. I want to ask you um was there a thinly veiled swipe at Mark Milligan about uh
1: leaving? No, I wouldn't say that. Like for me, I think um when I came down um Mark Milligan was in the, there long enough for me to Yeah. understand. So I mean more uh, from a
0: group point of view because I, I guess you know, you guys really did overcome adversity to yeah. actually get that grand final win and, and losing Mark Milligan yeah. so early in the season, maybe was that a bit of a hit to the morale of the team and they kind of wanted to prove something to not only Mark Milligan but other people that kinda of left over the uh, the off season?
1: Yeah, but you know, I think the group that we have, um, we're not very um uh what's the word I'll say salty. Yeah. Because anyone so I think um with um mark it wasn't i don't think it was any reference to towards anyone yeah in the you know the boys just wanted i think we saw like a was a video of it on our social media Mm -hmm. some irish um guys were doing it yeah and then we thought all right we should do that you know it was just more (laughs) of a and we went out for dinner yeah and literally in the moment um the boys just went oh we should try this so literally we wrote up the lyrics. Really? <laughs> Carl actually wrote up the lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> and a few of the boys contributed to it. And we just did it on the spot. So I don't think we targeted anyone individually, yeah. but um, yeah. I'm trying
0: to remember was, was James Donickey the uh he was the, the best. The best. the best on ground though in terms of the uh, the Mad Monday celebrations. I think he was maybe sleeping on a table somewhere <laughs> in a restaurant at, at maybe seven PM. Oh uh, yeah. Um I'm best on ground.
1: I mean, I said he would we'll be up there. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think all the boys thoroughly enjoyed um yeah. their celebrations.
0: Leroy George was obviously uh surprised by how hard Australians party. I think he, he was quoted in the Netherlands press as saying that we just drank for, for you know three days on end and he was surprised <laughs> by how how hard the uh the Australians party. Did you have much to do with Leroy George when he was here? Yeah, I was very close with yeah. Leroy. I What's... actually
1: I spoke with him. Um in regards to the article when it came out. And um, there was a lot of um, the words that were used in the article were fabricated. Like Leroy, he didn't say many of them. And if you know Leroy, you know, he's not the type of person to say anything bad about because he enjoyed his time here in Melbourne yeah I
0: thought that was weird because yeah he was a very important part and I think during the uh the early parts of the season when we're decimated by suspension and international injuries, he was the one that was basically carrying us so um I think a lot of people were probably surprised by that article um but uh during that kind of process you know you said you were quite close to Leroy and he's obviously had a decision to make do you do you kind of into his ear a little bit to, to try and keep him around, or is that completely off-topic off and off-limits to talk about?
1: Yeah, you know, obviously, would have loved to have Leroy around. Um, yeah. He was a great guy for the team, great player. And personally for me, you know, he was very, I was very close. He helped me with my development here as well. You yeah. know, training as well, all this uh spoke to me. So I would have loved to, obviously, keep him around. But end of the day, is the decisions he and his family used to make for the best interest for all of them. Yeah. So, um, you know, I would obviously say, you know, it would be great if you stay here. Yeah. But if you do go somewhere, you know, I'll support you wherever you go. Mm-hmm. Do you know if he started playing yet? Is he is he in the? They started, I think, last weekend. Yeah. The first game. I'm not exactly sure what the result is. Okay. But um, yeah. How's he finding it over there? He likes it down there. Um, you know, his, um, his is um, he think it's an hour away from Dubai. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a playground uh, for for rich men. I'm sure yeah, Leroy you know, is after um, going to the Middle East. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's um he's enjoying
0: his time there. So, yeah. Um, no, it's, I'm happy that he's having um, like. So this is your first full preseason as a professional. What's yeah. that been like over the last couple of months?
1: Yeah, it's uh, definitely been tough. Yeah. Um, obviously, um, the body's never experienced, um, I guess, such going through such um training. Yeah. Before, so it's been hard, but you know it's been a very enjoyable one. It's been the same time as well.
0: And you've been you've been leading the line pretty much through the whole preseason.
1: Yeah, you know it's been good. Obviously, getting a lot of um, game time under my belt, and yeah. also getting used to playing with the boys.
0: So, from a conditioning standpoint, I would assume that those matches are pretty beneficial. But because we are, you know, signing a lot of these marquee players like yeah. Honda and so forth, who aren't taking part in these preseason games. Do you get much tactically from from preseason games, like from the preseason games, or is it mostly all about conditioning rather than actual tactics?
1: Well, it's a bit of both, isn't it? Because um, we obviously have to prepare um, the formation and shape yeah. um, that we're going to play leading into the season, and we, we we've got our Melbourne City in Round One, mm-hmm. which is massive for us. So we've been using all these games to prepare condition on the conditioning side of things, but also um, on the tactical side of things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, this is, this is a formation that Melbourne Victory have used for a a number of years now. And I think obviously you said you're a Melbourne Victory fan. So you probably watched a fair bit of Melbourne Victory football and how, I guess, dominating that formation, and that game style was throughout the the last few years. And, you know, towards the middle of last year, it seemed like it was figured out a little bit by opposition teams. Is there a much of a change or an improvement of how you go about things this season heading into, into that?
1: I I think obviously we've got a a few signings coming in, but in terms of the shape of formation, the structure of the team, um, we'll stick to it's like the um, the DNA of Melbourne Victory. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So we'll stick to obviously um, the structure that we're using. There might be obviously a few tweaks here and there, but you know that's the. Uh, the coaches are the ones that are going to decide that, mm. but you know all the boys are more than happy to play in um, any shape the the coaches
0: set up. So about a week ago, you were the number one striker for Melbourne Victory. You've lost your spot maybe to and yeah. uh, but I'd say on the surface, and um, once again being a Melbourne Victory fan, I think that from our fans' perspective, yeah. this looks like the strongest Victory squad possibly in its history. Yeah. How excited are you for to, for that and to play with some of? Uh, some really well-known players. Yeah, you know, I'm really excited um, for the upcoming season.
1: Um, just, you know, obviously, the big names coming in. Um, obviously, it's not always great to um, be the number two striker, but I understand that I've got a long way to go in yeah. terms of learning. And Tovanen playing the World Cup, coming from Europe, big player. Excited to um, learn a lot of him and compete for that. Hopefully push him to perform
0: at the best ever game. I feel like you might gain the most out of Teuven and coming over because I, I can see you guys being some similar type uh, skill sets with, you know, big lanky frame, you know, being a, a main striker. Yeah. Uh, so I'm assuming that's going to be a bit of a change for you competing uh, with Bessart Borussia last year to perhaps competing with a, a player that's similar to you, which yeah. m- may be uh, really beneficial to the team in terms of you can come on and, and not, uh, you know, miss a step with uh, the way the team's structured.
1: Yeah, exactly. But the team structure was the same when I came over for Bess. Um, yeah. So when Bess was here, got training, I would always watch everything he does because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he, is, he was an animal. Yeah. Um, you know, I just wanted to learn as much of him as possible. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be the same thing with uh, Toven when he comes in, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be watching him, everything he does. Obviously, we're similarly built, so I would try to, Base my game style off him more, but from mm-hmm. me personally, obviously, um, we're all individuals. So yeah. I still love to play the way I play, but I love to learn a lot of him.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh, also embarking in another Asian Champions League campaign, which you featured in prominently yeah. last year. I think you played five games and uh, scored in one assist in the other. Mm-hmm. What's the what's that experience like? And uh, also the level is it does it go up another level from from A League football?
1: uh of course um because you get the best teams in asia Mm -hmm. um you're competing against them so it's a great competition to be involved in um and i think obviously the as a club uh we're looking to obviously progress and compete with the best teams in asia yeah uh with them so um everyone around the club is very excited to be competing in it and um we're hoping this year we're going to do much, much better than we did last year.
0: What's it? What's it like uh, in terms of a toll on your body when you're playing a league football on a on a weekend, and then you know, jetting off to to Korea or Japan? Does it does it really impact you? Yeah, usually? yeah.
1: It's it hard. It's obviously um, it's tough, especially when you have to go to like say countries like uh, Korea. When we play that, Ulsan, because mm-hmm. Ulsan is in a very remote area in Korea, yeah. So we have to fly all the way to the top and then go catch another plane, smaller plane to come down to the <laughs> south and then like a two-hour bus, two bus ride. It's sad, you know, but this is why, um, I guess, Melbourne Victory uh, signs a lot of players, to be, have bigger squads yeah. to get prepared for these big games.
0: That trip home from Olsan must have been fun after you get pumped 6-2. <laughs> yeah. And know, that was a really uh, important game as well, wasn't it? was. Man? Yeah,
1: it was, you know. Um, obviously, I think um, it wasn't our greatest performance um, and but you know we had to bounce back straight away because we were leading the finals at that yeah. time,
0: so we had to switch straight away to um, the next games. Mm-hmm. So with becoming a professional footballer there's obviously more responsibilities, and I think that perhaps um, in your community, you know, coming over from Sudan and and becoming now a professional footballer. Do you see your life change away from football? You know, in terms of your community and, and becoming a role model for 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 people who have had similar backgrounds.
1: Yeah, you know, um, I've always um, looked at myself as as you know as some some type of a role model for mm-hmm. the community. Even when I was playing at Heidelberg, um, you know, I had um, obviously with all the media attention I was getting, there, I had like a lot of uh, the younger kids wanting to talk to me. Um, and I've been doing like you know quite a bit of community work. Yeah. Um. With the uh, the youth and stuff like that, you know. So, um, you know, it's a role that um, very ex- excited to you know help the um the South Sudanese youth. Yeah. Um, you know, excel, um, with their future endeavours. I don't want
0: to get too political, but you know, it was in the news again yeah. last week about African gangs and things yeah. like that. What are your thoughts when you see that in the news? Is that uh, a really you know awful betrayal of what's going on yeah, exactly. is there some... it's
1: it's it's a very negative portrayal, yeah um and a lot of it is untrue, yeah, you know, but that's politics for you yeah. um I think there's um the crimes are committed by all type of youths yeah, and it's I think it's unfair to just target one community um but you know. And the, the day is it's still very disappointing to mm-hmm. see uh South some South Sudanese youth doing that. Mm-hmm. But the portrayal is negative. Yeah, yeah. of course.
0: Yeah. I, I think that yeah, that certainly needs to improve and mm-hmm. there are certain people out there that aren't really helping um helping this, you know, get to a point where it's uh, improving in terms of, you know, yeah um, the the portrayal so
1: yeah, you know, and there's a lot of people behind the scene obviously mm-hmm. try working to um improve the image.
0: Yeah. Of the
1: community, so um, there 's a lot of work being done um, so hopefully um, we'll start hearing a lot of positive hopefully, news
0: yeah you said you 're a Melbourne victory fan i'm I'm keen to th- you know, get your uh, your thoughts on your best moments as a victory fan over the the last you know fourteen years or so did you uh, did you go to games regularly
1: no i didn 't use okay. it. i went to uh, I went to a few games when I was um in high school with a few friends. Yeah. But I'd probably say my um, the most memorable um moment victory game I remember was watching Archie Thompson score five goals yeah, against course. Saturday like, in that grand final. Yeah. Um I think it was Eddie had was it? Yeah Eddie Had, you? yeah, two
0: thousand and seven it was. Right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And um yeah, I remember I actually remember that game vividly, watching it, um out in the southeastern suburbs mm-hmm. with my family, so I, that's probably my most memorable. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, what's your what's your favourite thing about being now able to call yourself a professional footballer away from the pitch? I'm not talking about it on the pitch. There must be some kind of you know things that you now get that you didn't get previously because you are a professional footballer.
1: Obviously, you get like a lot of um, perks. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, it's it's nicer to kind of I guess. Uh, get some special treatment in some cases. Yeah. But um, you know, for me personally, um, I'll probably just say the best thing about being a professional footballer is being a professional footballer.
0: Yeah. Um, it's what I've always wanted, and yeah, that's the best thing for me. And you're used to that cult status, I guess, from Heidelberg. So the the last twelve months, kind of being adored by the victory fans, being called King Kenny. There's nothing new to you. You've kind of had time to prepare. Or get used to that yeah. kind of admiration.
1: Yeah, I don't let it get uh, to my head too much. Obviously, yeah. I know um, I've got like a lot of stuff I need to work on my game. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's good to be appreciated, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I try to obviously go on the pitch and give back um, the faith shown in me
0: by the supporters. Absolutely. Yeah. So heading into this new season, um, I think you play a really pivotal role. I think you'd be probably targeting to play every game now that you've got the fitness under your belt, what are your personal goals moving into the new season? Goals. (laughs) Goals, yeah. (laughs) Lots of goals. And, um,
1: you know, it'll be good to retain the championship again. Um, So, uh, personally, score a lot of goals. But as a team, we're targeting to win the championship. And, um, you know, I think in Asia as well, try to progress um, and hopefully compete for the Asian Champions League as well.
0: Brilliant. Well, Kenny, um, thanks for coming on for Vuck's sake today. Good chat with you um, and good luck for the rest of the season.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: Cheers, mate. Thank you. Thanks. Joining me on the phone now to talk the new Vuck signing since the last time we did a podcast is the man of the people. Buds, are you there?
2: Happy Sunday, Jason. It's a beautiful Sunday evening to talk to you. It
0: is. Um, I think the block's starting in about 40 minutes, so I've got to get this chat out of the way, and then um, and then we'll be done, <laughs> and then I'll be, I can watch the block. Um, yeah, that's it. Let's get it out of the way,
2: get your dinner on, and uh, get your block on.
0: Since we last spoke, there's been some two big signings, and also, uh, I guess, some some things to chat about in regards to the, the makeup of the squad. Uh, so. Yep. Huge signings as well. We'll start off with the Swede Ola Toivonen, who has come from Toulouse uh, in the French league, and also has also had uh, an extensive period of time in uh, in the Netherlands, playing for PSV, and uh, obviously featured for Sweden in the World Cup and scored against Germany. This uh, has got a lot of people excited, buds. I'd say it's probably, in terms of pedigree, the uh, the most. Uh, Big name signing striker we've ever had.
2: Yeah, some may say, yeah, the the biggest we've ever had. I mean, he's a in terms of Swedish and European pedigree, he's a he's a bit of a superstar, uh, World Cup hero, chips Manuel Neuer for fun, uh, 191 centimeters and still in ripping shape for a 32 year old. He also scored a 94th minute winner against the eventual World Cup champions in France to help uh, Sweden qualify and earn the second spot in their group. So he's certainly a big game player, um, a massive signing for the club. And uh, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how we play with such a big front man, considering the number two striker in the squad is also a massive man in King Kenny. So... Uh,
0: exciting times! Yeah, I'm excited about that. We just spoke with King Kenny about how that kind of uh, how, how that will help him, and he was talking about you know the fact that uh, I guess a similar type player will uh, will be able to help his development a little bit. So it is it's a very different type of attacker in terms of Melbourne Victory because we've always had um, kind of those small, crafty players or Bessart Barisha who was powerful, but this is a a combination of I guess uh, strength and also. Um, height, So it'd be interesting to see. Um, hopefully, I think we're going to be relying on James Teresi out on the left and and uh, Costa barbarous to be whipping in crosses to him. Hopefully, yep. um, hopefully Teresi on the left-hand side improves his form on last season because, yeah, he could certainly be a threat, um, hopefully in the air against some, some defenders.
2: Yeah, look, with, with Toyvin and two, it's going to, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what Kev expects of him and what he can provide. He, um. He is being noted as being a um an attacking midfielder as well, so someone that can drop into um into midfield there. So you dare say he's still got a fair engine on him and if we if we're going on what we've seen the last few years from Bessart Barisha, uh Bessart Barisha was one of the greatest components of being able to track back and just keep running and running all day. So he's the T one thousand of the A League. So he's got big shoes to fill Ola, but he's a big man and uh I don't think we're gonna see the stand the Two meter tall prototype big man. I think he's got a lot of finesse and he's going to wow the crowds. And it was just this signing that we had to have after we've got such a big gap in the squad and roster from one of the greatest of all time in Best Heart, Barisha. So, very good Melbourne victory signing. And, uh, unfortunately, I think for the club, the, uh, the club he was coming on from Toulouse wrecked the, uh, wrecked the social media parade and everyone knew it was happening. So, um, we did it well.
0: That happened as well with our other signing, uh, Raul Buena. Uh, He signed from Granada. I think that's a loan, actually. So, interesting piece of business from the club. Probably uh, a really smart piece of business from the club to get this guy, um, perhaps some of his wages subsidized by his uh, parent club, Granada. They, uh, They spoiled the party as well by announcing it kind of early. Now, this... He's got a pretty good pedigree too, obviously playing a lot of, uh, of his football in the, uh, in the La Liga. Most recently has um, taken a step down to the, the second division of Spanish football, but uh, this looks like the Carl Valeri replacement that we were expecting Sanchez to be last season. It didn't really uh, amount to that, but uh, based on paper here, this guy looks like he's going to contribute massively to the midfield for victory.
2: Yeah, yeah, on loan from Granada. So you've got to wonder how, how we came about this one. This could be one of those football manager type, uh, scenarios where we've got a program to find a player. But yeah, really healthy La Liga career at, uh, Espanol and Real Vallecano and, uh, was one of the favorites of the then Espanol and now Tottenham manager Maurizio Pochettino and should be a massive upgrade on Mattias Sanchez. So don't know too much about him at all. Uh, saw, got, linked a lot of articles from the Spanish press and it, it was on a 50-50 whether he was going to come to Australia or not. It was a family decision. I think he's just recently had some kids and wasn't sure but has decided to come to Melbourne Victory so very interested to, to see how he um, finishes off our pre-season and uh, looks like the squad's shaping up well. I think we've, um, we've now done our quota of um, import signings now, is that correct?
0: Well, I, th- I think there's some uh, there's some confusion a little bit about Costa Barbarossa's status because we all know Costa Barbarossa's has previously been listed as a as an in, like import from from New Zealand, but the League website is no longer listing him as an import, and I went to the club to speak with Kenny and I had a chat with uh, some of the people there and asked the question, but they weren't too sure either. So I think there might be some uh, some conjecture about that. However, I do know from my time at the club, and I hope I'm not speaking out of turn, uh, turn here, but the uh, I think the squad is done. In terms of big signings, uh, you can probably expect one more under twenty three player to be possibly promoted from the youth side. I think Ben Carrigan's been someone that's been spoken about on the victory forums a fair bit. So the, the squad's pretty much done and you'd have to say that Kevin Musket and his men have done a terrific job with recruiting this season. There's there's still some there's still some holes and you know obviously Teresi is going to be playing on the left side um where he's been playing, you know, regularly for victory as a uh, as an attacking midfielder. But I'd yep. say Kevin Musket's done a really good job this season.
2: Yeah, uh, we had a really good um, post by on on the v- for Vuck's Sake forum. If you haven't if you haven't joined up, you should. Uh, so, uh, no nonsense defender put up a uh, a little sheet of the starting eleven from seventeen eighteen, now to the starting eleven of eighteen nineteen, and it just showed you where we've changed and who we've upgraded to. So some some quite good ones. You will see, like Bess apparition, we've upgraded to Toivenen. Um, Carl Valeri's still there Mark Milligan's now Terry Antonis Stefan Negro's now Corey Brown James Donicky's now Tommy Dang Rhys Williams, now we've got Niedermeyer Apparently he was very good yesterday Gary has been upgraded by Stormer, etc So they've done a very, very good job of plugging the holes Because we had a lot of people leave So I think the only weak spot we've got now is on the left side yeah. So, where Christian Harris could have had a massive season, a Melbourne victory had he not left, and uh, Leroy George has gone now too. So, it would be interesting to see how Troisi, and it'll probably be Troisi and Corey Brown forming a partnership on the left for us.
0: Corey Brown has been copying, uh, I would say, a little bit of hate. Hate's probably a strong word, but he's become somewhat of a whipping boy already from... The um, from the fans certainly on the victory forums about his preseason form does that worry you a little bit or, or does the fact that Lee Broxham can come in and plug in anywhere uh, maybe you know relax you a little bit?
2: Yeah, look, we know that Lee Broxham will probably finish the season in a position that he doesn't start in. Uh, but yeah, look, I was never much of a fan of Corey Brown at his time at the uh, at the Raw. Uh, never rated him too much. If, look to get Rue and Brown in position because like, we didn't have any dedicated players in those positions last year. It was good to get that business done early, but I didn't. I can't talk about his performance yesterday against Western Sydney Wanderers, but yeah, I saw those same um, vitriolic statements from the fans that did. So doesn't look good, but uh, we can only we can only wait until the season to judge properly.
0: So you did mention the uh, the one one result against Western Sydney Wanderers yesterday. I was having a debate about this last week with the Queensland uh, or the Brisbane Raw game that we're we're playing a lot of preseason friendlies. But are we actually gaining much in terms of a tactical uh, advancement? Because we're we're playing with the 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 core of our team and the the real big name players not really fun, uh, featuring whatsoever. So, are we actually mm-hmm. gaining much from this uh, from this last you know couple of weeks of uh, of preseason matches? Um, I, I feel like they're going to wrap. Um, the likes of Honda and Toyvan in, in uh, cotton wool until until probably close to the season starts.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't expect those guys to play until for maybe one close. I don't know if they're doing the closed-door matches anymore. They, they seem to be putting them in regional areas and I don't know. Not sure about that one, but yeah, I, I wouldn't even expect to see Honda play in any of them. Yeah, I, I... Uh, look we, we've only just saw Niedemeyer yesterday. Apparently he was excellent, very Matthew Delpierre-like. Everyone was uh, singing his praises of his composure and his distribution out of the back there. Uh, who else haven't we seen? So, Bayana hasn't arrived yet. and did an Instagram uh, the other day that he's flying in. So, this coming week, we, he should touch down. Look, these, these friendly games are good for guys like Corey Brown and Broxham and uh, Yajai Ingham's. Mm. To get to get them up to speed and get you know kilometres into their legs, but apart from that, they just I think they're just they're doing a service for local football and taking it around and getting some money into some caffeine coffers.
0: Yeah, I'm sure and as we get cl- coffers, sorry, I'm sure as we get close to the season, there'll be a few Tuesday afternoon closed door friendlies that go on with uh, with A League opposition. Once a few of the uh, the teams get knocked out of the FFA Cup, we'll probably see more of mm. those. Yeah, I'm look I would love to see Honda just before the season starts just to get a taste. But we're not we're not gonna see him. We're not gonna see him until the season starts in uh, in an actual match um that we can actually attend.
2: Yeah, look um my uh, my lack of seeing Honda on the field is being made up by his social media game at the moment, and he, if he keeps posting the videos of him learning English, uh, I'll be happy enough. He's
0: he, he's already worth the money, I think. I, we kind of called him a dickhead uh, a few a few weeks ago because we kind of um, likened him to Tim Cahill, who's right now um, whoring himself up in in India on the, India, yeah, uh, on social media, but. Uh, I feel like he's worth the money already. This is exactly what you want of him, He's He's got all the metrics that the FFA want. He's got the uh, the Instagram followers, and he's got a really good social media game. Much better than Tim Cahill, who I went through and I counted. And this year alone, he has posted that goal uh, from the World Cup match against the Netherlands seven times this year on his Instagram. He cannot get enough of himself.
2: Yeah, look... (sighs) What what Honda did? I, I did go early with the dickhead. And that was that was purely because of uh, just a few of the things that he does in his personal life and his two watches for balance and things like that. I think he's a revolutionary. That um, who wants to be an Aussie? <laughs> yeah. That who wants to be a millionaire? Take he did, and then finishing it with just a flurry of obscenities was absolutely sensational. Uh, he 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 could take my uh, place as the man of the people because he's the player of the people at the moment. He's an absolute gun
0: yeah the uh everyone loves him, and I saw him signing um the back of uh these phones that all these japanese kids were were attending Victory training with, so I think he's gonna be really good for for the league and I think that um yeah he's gonna get a lot of these Japanese uh students that come out to matches and and make some noise because we know that Japanese fans are pretty boisterous and um and they clean up after themselves too, which is always lovely,
2: yeah, and they love their heroes and they'll 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 back they'll back the luck so we should be seeing some good, good crowds this year and some hype because I think Keski uh, is going to bang them in. So and our big Swede. Now, I think the big thing that the fans need to do is uh, get some songs together for these guys, and there's some good some good movement happening on the For Vuck's Sake forums, but I should I expect a, a, a new songbook this year. We're going to have a lot of good guys with some good names, so it's going to be an exciting season ahead.
0: Yeah, it definitely is, and I was looking through the fixture as well when we have got some early games at Amy Park this season, which um, doesn't really happen that often. Usually, we don't really go there until uh, December or January, so I, I feel like it's a it's a good summer is on the horizon. I'm uh, I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to it, uh, buds. I think that's probably it, and for for now there'll be uh, hopefully some more victory news that comes to light in the next few weeks, and we can get another podcast together. Um, but I'll uh, let you go. What you did, and I'll go watch the block.
2: Enjoy it, mate. I'm on the vuck.
0: On the vuck.